0: Attorney Trenton Ward recently joined Finnegan after five years as an administrative patent judge at the Patent Trial and Appeal Board, or PTAB. During his tenure at the PTAB, Trenton adjudicated hundreds of America Invents Act proceedings. He joins us now to share insights from his years on the bench. Trenton, why did you decide to leave your private practice to become a judge at the PTAB?
1: I was excited about the possibility of assisting in the creation of a new trial venue for patentability litigation. And you have to understand that back when I was considering this position, the board was still the BPAI. It was the Board of Patent Appeals and Interferences, and the trial jurisdiction had not yet been created. So I was evaluating the position based upon the PTAB's potential and was intrigued by the idea of possibly helping to create this alternative trial venue.
0: What was it like to work on some of the first trials at the PTAB? I consider myself lucky that I had
1: the benefit of working with what was a very impressive group of talented judges at the PTAB working on these initial trial cases and I don't know if the folks outside the PTAB have a full appreciation for just the very large amount of work that took place at the PTAB to ensure that Each and every case in the first few months went as smoothly as they did.
0: Did you have any expectation that five years later the Supreme Court would be reviewing the constitutionality of these proceedings? I assumed
1: that the fundamental questions surrounding Interparte's review and the related AIA proceedings, CBM, PGR, etc., I assumed that those fundamental questions would be reviewed by the Federal Circuit. and perhaps a smaller subset reviewed by the Supreme Court. And when the Federal Circuit denied the constitutionality case in the MCM versus HP decision in December of 2015, and then subsequently the Supreme Court denied cert in that case, my assumption was that the constitutionality question was largely settled. So you can tell that I was surprised when the Supreme Court granted cert this past May in the oil states case on that very issue. But having had the benefit of attending the oral arguments in the oil states case before the Supreme Court, I can tell you that I remain confident that a majority of the justices will likely affirm the constitutionality of IPR
0: proceedings. What's the primary goal for a judge in an America Invents Act trial? A judge's
1: primary goal in an AIA trial is to provide an accurate determination with respect to patentability. A number of folks refer to the PTAB as an error correction mechanism for the office the chance for the office to determine whether or not an error was made in a previous issuance of a claim or set of claims by the USPTO. So the primary goal that the panel has when a patentability challenge is brought is to make a determination on the merits of that patentability challenge. And I think this is important for attorneys to understand that when procedural and administrative issues continue to come up in cases and and in certain circumstances might present a roadblock to the determination with respect to patentability, that can be frustrating to the panel. The panel does appreciate that You know, there are going to be instances in which there are procedural administrative issues that require the attention of the judges. But one thing for attorneys to keep in mind is that there's an expectation that the parties have conferred on an issue prior to bringing it before the panel. And I can tell you that it's frustrating as a judge when a conference call is convened and a particular party raises an issue and then the question is asked as to what the opposing counsel's response to that issue is, and the judges are told that the opposing counsel has not yet been asked. So there is an expectation that parties will meet and confer on issues, but to the extent that they aren't able to get an agreement, then the panel is always willing to jump in and help out and determine the best way uh, to go forward
0: in the case. How critical are hearings at the PTAB?
1: You know, this is one of the questions that I think I'm perhaps asked the most often while I was in APJ and asked even more now that I've returned to private practice. And I gather from those questions from individuals that I think perhaps some assume that judges have already made up their mind about the case prior to the hearing. Uh, But that's rarely, if ever, true. And I think that hearings are very important to the judges because they provide an opportunity for the judge to investigate and perhaps gain a better understanding about those issues that are unclear to the judge or that the judge is undecided about. I mean, there's certainly going to be some preliminary conclusions that the panel has made, that each of the judges have made. They've studied the record. They have an understanding of the case. They'll have made certain preliminary conclusions about the case. But often, I really looked forward to the oral hearing as a way for me to be able to ask questions of both parties about those things that left me scratching my head after i had reviewed the briefs. So I think that, you know, attorneys should keep in mind that, If a judge is asking that, it's likely that they are undecided about that particular issue and it's a good chance for the attorney to try and present the arguments and evidence in the light most
0: favorable to their client. What are some of the common mistakes that you would find attorneys making at oral argument?
1: I can say that I had the benefit of witnessing a lot of great oral argument while serving as an APJ But there were a few things, a few areas where I felt like some attorneys at least had a chance to improve. And one of those relates to the the comment that I was just making about judges' questions. Certain times I would find that it seemed attorneys may not have been as active in listening to the arguments of the other side and, more importantly, the judges' questions of their opposing counsel. And I think it's important for attorneys to recognize that, As a judge, I was not typically asking a party about a strong point in their arguments. I was most often asking a party about either something that I was unclear about or perhaps what I thought was weakness in their arguments. So I suggest that attorneys can look at the judge's questions as perhaps the best roadmap for the issues upon which the judges are either undecided or unclear. And they can use those questions in their own argument either as a roadmap or at least just a springboard to identify those issues and present the facts and arguments in a way that's most favorable to their client. Also, I suggest that attorneys approach the oral arguments like an interview, not a presentation. Too often I would find attorneys coming into the oral argument with a very large slide deck. They may come in with 100 plus slides for a particular argument, and in the relatively short amount of time allotted for the hearing attempt to race from slide 1 to slide 125, and rarely was that the most effective oral advocacy. And I think that if, as I was saying, if they approached the oral argument like an interview rather than a presentation, perhaps you would come in expecting certain questions and likely expecting those questions about... Perhaps the weaknesses in your case. And to me, I think that the most effective oral advocate is one who ultimately engages in a discussion with the panel and as well an advocate that identifies how adopting the opposition's arguments with respect to certain issues would result in error by the panel.
0: Can you tell us about the importance of the Administrative Procedure Act in AIA proceedings?
1: This is an issue that's been of great importance, but I actually think that it is an, an issue that will be growing in importance in the next few years of AIA trials. Each and every aspect of an AIA trial must comport with the Administrative Procedure Act, the APA. And the Federal Circuit has characterized that AIA trials are formal administrative adjudications, and therefore the PTAB must require parties to be able to submit rebuttal evidence to conduct cross-examination. Essentially, at the end of the day, the PTAB has to allow each party to notice an opportunity to be heard on an issue. And to me, this was further emphasized, actually, in the oil states' arguments before the Supreme Court on a related issue. I don't remember any of the justices specifically asking about the APA, but what a number of the justices did ask about is the ability to ensure that the due process rights of parties appearing before the PTAB and AIA trials have been preserved. And there is the related concern that parties have been given notice opportunity to be heard on every issue.
0: Why is claim construction so important? Claim construction is often the dispositive issue
1: in a case. And there were many cases that I adjudicated in which the outcome of a question on claim construction dictated the prior art references that were actually relevant to the case. So there are many instances in which a particular claim construction might actually remove one or more of the prior art references that have been relied upon by the petitioner. So parties need to take careful consideration in determining whether or not to expressly provide a proposed claim construction to the board. There may be certain instances in which a party wants to remain silent as to the proposed construction of a claim term. But something that attorneys should keep in mind is that it's difficult for a panel to determine a claim construction in a vacuum. Without the benefit of arguments from the parties, it's a difficult exercise for the panel to fully appreciate what the ramifications might be. So in view of that, attorneys should keep that in mind and evaluating whether or not they want to take a position with respect to a particular claim construction.
0: And do you have any final lessons for those practicing before the PTAB?
1: Well, at the end of the day, I suggest that attorneys recognize that their interactions with the panel and with the PTAB will likely be somewhat limited. So I suggest that attorneys make sure they're putting their best foot forward in these limited interactions. You don't want to be the party that's continually bringing petty arguments to the panel. Also, you want to be seen as the attorney that is being courteous to opposing counsel and being courteous to the PTAB's hearing staff and to the PTAB paralegals. And I think that one always needs to remember that if you're understanding about perhaps the opposing counsel's clerical error, maybe the panel will be more inclined to allow a correction of your clerical error
0: at some point in the future. Our guest has been Trenton Ward, partner at Finnegan, one of the largest IP law firms in the world. For more commentary on intellectual property news and issues, to listen to other podcasts, and to receive additional information on the firm, please visit www.finnegan.com. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Finnegan.